Hey, 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 welcome to Hashtag Minabuguzichwanuka. This is the place where we help you unravel social constructs, discuss self-development in line with mental health, and everything in between that directly or indirectly affects us in the millennial world around us. My goal is to create a virtual platform for you and I to explore and engage in pertinent conversations society is silent about. What you get out of this is without a doubt a chance for you to have moments of self-assessment so that you can ably jump into your next best season. I am your host, Nawaguzi Chwanuka, a lawyer, founder, stroke team lead of Equate Foundation, an addict and lover of insightful conversations, and a professional unraveler of social constructs. If you're hearing my voice for the first time and are the kind of person who is not scared of being a better version of yourself, even if it requires you to contradict who you were 24 hours ago, you made the right choice to come here because on here, we do so much unlearning and learning in order for us to discover the truest version of ourselves. To the returned subscriber, much respect. You're the MVP. You're the heartbeat of this podcast. And I hope that I will keep giving you more reason to rank this as your favorite podcast. This month, we are focusing on two topics. That is two episodes on mothers and the other two on mental health. Why? Because we celebrate Mother's Day this month and it also doubles as the Mental Health Awareness Month. Discussing mental health on this podcast is a culture and I believe that almost everyone seems to know something about it because we have at least heard someone talk about how anxious or depressed they are. Usage of various words that are common in the mental health glossary is also currently a common practice. But when you sit back, do you really understand what mental health is? I had an enlightening conversation with Tina Antulo on mental health. She is an over two decade practicing psychologist, currently working with Strong Minds Uganda, a nonprofit organization that seeks to resolve depression in vulnerable women and create lasting skills and support networks to prevent its return. The conversation is for everyone, no specific categories as to who should or shouldn't listen. So let's get into it. Welcome to Hashtag Minavguzi Chwanuka. Miss, man, when Simon introduced you to me, I I thought it was someone youngish, <laughs> and then I checked the webs. I checked. I just scroll. I just ran your name into Google. I was like, ah, "This is an adult. <laughs> How do I just call her Tina?" <laughs> so welcome to hashtag Nafguzichwanuka Tina. Yeah, I'm actually happy being called Tina. I have no problems about it. You know, when you're raised, mm-hmm. yeah, like we said before, you're foreign man. When you're <laughs> in the African culture, you don't just call an adult by their name. Like they would punish you for that. True. But I think if it's done by invitation, it's not such a bad, bad thing. So I think for me, because I work with very many young people, yeah. work with older people, so I'm just kind of used to just... And it's always, it's always easier, especially when you're talking across cultures and, and, mm. and languages and countries and you know, people are trying to, get, trying to pronounce your name. Yeah, so I yeah, guess yeah, I yeah. just, just call me Tina. Right. It just makes life easier. Wow, so everybody. Tina, welcome to Hashtag We Love Gozichuanuka. <laughs> Please tell us, what did you want to be growing up? Interesting. I think I always knew I would be in some kind of helping profession, but you won't believe this. At how old was that? Um, no, let me first say this. Yeah. At some point, I was so sure I was going to be a veterinary doctor. I was so sure. And I wanted to work with wildlife. Yeah. Yeah. So I would see myself like treating lions and elephants and stuff like that. And that did it. Well, let's just say after agriculture class uh, S4, I kind of changed my mind. <laughs> <on that one. laughs> I was like, yeah, animals are good, but not so good. And also I have lots of allergies. I used oh, to have yeah, lots of allergies. Yeah, yeah. So, so that also just kind of dampened on that one. But I think in terms of psychology, I knew I was going to be in some kind of helping profession from the time I was really young. Yeah. And um, uh, two things. One is that, um, I don't know, it's, it's like I connect with 
I connect with people at a very deep level. Yeah. Not very many, few, but at a very deep level. Yeah. And then secondly, I think I'm very aware of, I don't even know how to put it without sounding weird. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's like you, when you're aware of human suffering, I don't know whether that makes sense. I understand mm, the pain of human suffering. There is yeah. a word for that. Yeah, I don't know what, Empath? maybe it's just empathy. But yeah. interesting enough, when I do my, when I do the empathy online score, I just score really badly on it. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. There could be another word, there I could mean, be another term for it. There could be another term for it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, because I scored really bad. Actually, people are like, are you sure you're a horrible score? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... I think in terms of psychology, it was also studying it, also to just understand myself as well. Um, yeah, I think as a young person, just going through lots of stuff, it was like, oh, let me figure out if this can also just give me answers to who I am and why I am. And So when did you realize this? When did you start connecting with people at a deeper... Is there a moment that you really remember or is it you as a person? Is this definitive of Tina? I'm not too sure, but I remember one time we went for a party. I think I was about eight. Yeah. And there was this young girl who was probably four and she had autism. Okay. And there was like, what? I think we were like 50 kids at that party. It was mm. one of those really grand parties. Yeah. And, and for, I don't think the parents really considered what they were doing to this child. And yeah. of course, people with autism do not like crowd. They do not like people. They do not like people in their space. It's really difficult for them, especially at that age. And yeah. I remember she just clung on to me and stayed put the whole time. And she refused anybody else to touch her. Did you know her before? No. First time I'd ever met her. And oh, I think that's when, I think that was my first connection of, okay. Um, hmm. One, there's people who are different. Yeah. And, and two, well, she liked me. So, <laughs> and I th and and I think in many ways when I was doing my psychology, I actually thought I'd end up in special education, which I just did for a short stint. But yeah, yeah. So I think that's my earliest reconnection of, you know, connecting with somebody at a deep level and who then I had you, not met before. So you kept following up to these. Did you now after your experience at the age of eight, was it something that you kept digging deeper to really? find out do i really what is it about me how, what is it about other people i don't think i would say I, I dug deeper i think it was just like you know then you end up in boarding school and people mm -hmm. come to talk to you about what's going on in their lives yeah and then, yeah, yeah yeah um you're you i'm you know i mean i can pick out a person who's a loner i can pick out you know and want to know what's cutting with them yeah um yeah and it just kind of ended up becoming what I am today, I guess. I think I think they shouldn't even say that you've been in practice for twenty years. It's been <laughs> we need to date it as back as your wow. childhood. Maybe. <laughs> Here you are in the practice yeah. of mental health. How would you define mental health? To break it down for a lay person. Mm. So to break it down for a lay person, I think the easiest way to say mental health is when your emotions and your thought processes are, I'm not going to say normal because nowadays the word normal is like, but when your emotions and thought processes allow you to thrive as a human being, mm -hmm. then you are mentally healthy. Um, because mental is really our emotions and our thoughts and yeah, our emotions yeah. and our thoughts detect our behavior. So yeah. when I see you behaving in a certain way, I can then say, oh, she must be thinking this or she must be feeling this. Yeah. So when your emotions and your thought processes allow you to thrive, then you can be mentally healthy. Of course, there are the um, academic definitions, like the ones that come from WHO, that says complete physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. Yeah. And it's interesting that they added the spiritual part, part yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was almost yeah. a little bit shocked. I yeah, hadn't they heard actually that. did. Um, mm. And the whole idea is that your body, your mind, and your spirit have to be in sync at any one given time yeah. for you to be mentally healthy. So when you're physically unwell, your mental health suffers, your spiritual health suffers. When you're mentally unwell, your physical health suffers your spiritual health suffers yeah when you're spiritually unwell the same thing yeah and spiritually here really is about you understanding who you are why you exist and your connection to if there if you believe in one some kind of higher power yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that's how they connect them. i do kind of connect with you on that there's a time when i was going through a crisis mm -hmm. with my spiritual life mm -hmm. i mean you're growing up you know i'm catholic uh -huh. 
priests are supposed to be carried in a certain picture. Mm -hmm. They're holy. I was like a non-paid person to protect priests. Mm -hmm. when, someone, when I would hear someone talk about a priest, oh my goodness, I was ready to you know, take you down. And then when I get to the adult life, I see priests doing the opposite of what I expected. Mm -hmm. And I was so disappointed to a point that I was like, you know what, God, mind your business. Let me mind my business. But it's a dark moment. It was when I came out of it, I was like, where have I been? Uh -huh, uh -huh. And, and you can actually think of yourself at that time in terms of, yes, you, you're feeling disconnected to your creator. Yeah. Um, uh, who at one point in time you felt very connected to, and then you're also going through a, a time when now you're now second guessing your own thoughts and yes. emotions and what you yeah. believed in. And then you find yourself in this weird physical space where you're either getting flus or coughs that, you know, you can't stop treating, your allergies are acting up, you yeah. have unexplained pain. Because your body is not in sync. Exactly. So that the three of them have sense. to be in sync for you to have. No one has explained mental health to me like this. <laughs> It's quite interesting. Mm -hmm. So for your time that you have been in practice or the time you've experienced people, mm -hmm. let me go away from practice, the time you have experienced people, what are there common, you know, mental health disorders that you have seen among us? Should, I, should we talk about the youth or people generally? Then we'll get it to the other side later on. Okay. Um, so... Our mental processes are, how can I say, the brain houses our mental processes. Yeah. Okay. Though sometimes we feel in, people tell you they feel in their stomach, they feel in their heart, but everything <laughs> is housed in the brain. Yeah. And um, just like you can have all sorts of physical illnesses, you can have issues with your heart, with your liver, with your legs, with your muscles, with your bones. It's the same thing with your mental health. There are so many different faculties that are responsible for different things and any of them can fall sick. Yeah. So there's a whole spectrum of mental disorders out there, some of which even in Africa we haven't even begun to deal with just because we do not have the expertise or even the time. But they actually exist. But they actually exist. And we just say, oh, that person is weird, but we just move on and we'll be ah, like, oh, you know. That person is yeah. weird. But the most common, the most common mental disorder, of course, is depression. Mm. and uh, anxiety and substance abuse. Those are the three most common mental disorders. Yeah. Then there are others that are, are gen the general prevalence. Prevalence means the number of people who are suffering from it at any one given time. The general prevalence will be the same regardless. Mm. So for people with schizophrenia, we expect 1% to 2% of the population to have schizophrenia. Bipolar, yeah. we expect 1% to 2% of the population to have it just because of genetics and um, the fact that some people end up on the other side of the bell curve in terms of how genetics works yeah so those are stagnant you'll find them in every population whether you're in australia or you're in uganda or you're in cameroon or you're in the u.s or the uk yeah it's going to be a stagnant uh, percentage however depression um is kind of unique because it can be caused by both genetic factors and also situational factors genetic yes and so when that and especially when the two combine, um, then of course you end up with higher prevalence. So for our continent where we've had lots of wars, we've had famine, we've got poverty, ah, we've got all sorts yeah. of things going on. It means that our populations are just more vulnerable to having depression than yeah, you would yeah. find in another population where they haven't had to go through these issues. So for them they'll just end up with the population that has the genetic predisposition to having depression but for places where things are a bit more difficult yeah and where people's resilience is not able to cope um then you have a higher prevalence yeah. of depression and then also substance abuse is also and there are two of them are also related yeah yeah see when you were speaking about genetic mm -hmm. <laughs> as an artist artist not a biologist kind of person when you spoke about genetic i understood it to be coming from you know parent or lineage but then when you broke it down I come to understand it as generational trauma. Both actually apply. Yeah. Um, and let me try to explain. So let's just stick to depression since it's the one that, that makes most sense. Yeah. Mm. Um, so we always say that um, in the population of about 100%, yeah. we say about 75% have some level of resilience to life-changing events. Yeah. Yeah. Even significant, 75%. even significant ones, and then twenty-five percent of the population have what we call vulnerabilities too. Yeah. Now it doesn't mean that that twenty-five percent will end up with depression. 
neither does it mean that the 75 will never get depressed. Yeah. So even if you're resilient, but your resilience keeps getting chopped away and you do not have a way to recoup and recoup, then there's a high chance you will get depressed. Yeah. If the issues that you're going through just keep backing up. Yeah, 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 if yeah. you're vulnerable and your whole situation is so safe and you have all the right coping mechanisms, you've got the right family support and oh, friends yeah. and services are available, then there's a high chance you could not go through your whole life without even having one depressive episode or a significant one. Yeah. So, and that's why we, 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 we also have to look at both. You can't just look at one thing, which is the genetics. You have to always put in in mind the fact that situational factors also play a huge role into whether somebody's going to end up with depression or anxiety or a substance use disorder yeah. as opposed to a person who will not. And then the other one that you mentioned on that's generational is that um, <laughs> this was really interesting. I remember when we were working in Hoima in the early 2000s and um, some of the women were telling us, and this is the same story that we had from Luero, mm. is that their children would have nightmares of the war, but they had never experienced the war. What? Yes. The children would have nightmares. They're like they'll keep, the child will wake up crying. Oh, the soldiers are coming, the soldiers are coming. But they've never experienced it. Could, it. could it have been because they were told stories? They were told stories, but also their parents were going through depression and their parents were relieving traumatic events. So they absorbed So that the children energy. learned. It's a learned behavior. The yeah. children learned how to be traumatized in as much as they had not been traumatized themselves. Yeah. 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 So it's then we say second generational trauma or we say second generational depression because you can actually learn. If it's something that you're observing, you can actually learn it. Yeah. Same with substance use. It's, if it's something that you're over-observing, it's something mm. you can learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we've kept talking about depression, depression, depression. Sometimes this is, I feel like this is a word we misuse. Mm -hmm. You, f you call someone like, hey, how are you doing? I am depressed. Can you, can you help us understand what depression is? Yeah, I think it's important for people to understand that depression is a spectrum. There's depression, <laughs> let me try and say this easy. There's, in, there's depression, the mood, like sad, happy, frustrated, depressed. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. okay if someone says, ah, oh, man, I'm having a bad day, I'm depressed. Makes yeah. sense. But it doesn't mean you're having depression, that disorder. Now, on the other end of the spectrum is depression that disorder. And the difference mm. between depression mood and depression disorder is that depression mood normally lifts within two to three days, almost yeah. always. If you do something that you enjoy, it will lift. Yeah. If, you, um, if you have the right coping mechanisms or you've got family around you or friends who can just help you get out of it, it will lift. And yeah. sometimes it will even lift on its own, yeah. which is different from the depression that disorder, which is persistent and it's disabling. Um, and we say normally two weeks or more, and it's also disabling. So you'll literally see a person's life taking a downward trend, yeah. as opposed to the mood, which is like happy, sad, um, frustrated, etc. So that's the difference between the two. Yeah. So how, how best can someone get to really understand depression, the disorder? Um, I think there's three things that are important. It's and I like to use the um analog the analogy of um or maybe to use malaria as the best way to explain it, especially since we're using a Ugandan or an African audience for you. Yeah. Um most of our countries have malaria, right? And mm. malaria is like a very specific illness. It's got very specific symptoms, headache, um, joint pain, yeah. fever, running stomach, and uh vomiting etc. Mm -hmm. However, there are also other illnesses that do the same thing, right? Right? There's, yeah. You can have a, an ear infection, typhoid. you can have a UTI, typhoid, and you will have the same um, symptoms that will mimic that of malaria. Yeah. So the only way for you to distinguish between having malaria and typhoid is that you have to take the malaria test. Right. Exactly. Right. right? So you go to the lab and then they'll prick you, they'll take your blood sample and they'll tell you you have malaria plus plus or whatever they'll tell you. And then they'll give you a course of treatment. Mm -hmm. So that's the same thing with this depression, the disorder. It has a specific set of symptoms. It's got a specific test and it's got a specific treatment. Yeah. Um, so for depression, there are nine key symptoms that we look at. Nine? There are nine. 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 Oh, God. Nine. I had nine. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, nine. Three of which have to exist for us to, de to, to define depression. So the first one is that you lose interest in the things that you love to do. Yeah. Uh, and the second one is the persistent sadness and lack of, and uh, yeah, persistence or extreme sadness that is not necessarily associated with your circumstance. Yeah. Then the third one is the the feeling tired, fatigue, loss of energy. Then there is the change in appetite. There's the, going to be the change in uh, sleeping patterns. So change in appetite, either not eating 
or eating too much, yeah. changing sleep patterns, either not sleeping or sleeping too much. Um, then there's going to be the poor concentration, the feelings of guilt and worthlessness. And then the last one, and then the one that um, people will tell you is that they'll say someone told me that I'm fidgeting too much or they'll tell you that um, my thoughts are coming slowly. Like when I'm asking you a question, it's like you're fetching the answer from verifying your mind. It's yeah. like it takes you a while to get to respond. So that's another symptom. And then the last one is, of course, uh, the one that we worry the the, about the most, which is the feeling, the, the thoughts of ending your life or the thoughts of your death or what we call suicide ideation. Yeah. So there's, those are the nine symptoms, but the first three have to exist. So the one that, which is the loss of uh, interest in the things that you used to enjoy. And then the second one is the persistent sadness. Now, for if you will come to me and you say, Tina, these are the symptoms I'm having, I would pull out what we call a PHQ-9. That's the patient health questionnaire 9. And mm -hmm. then I'll take you through that. Yeah. There are other questionnaires as well that you know other therapists use but yeah, patient yeah. health questionnaire is easy and we will have to make sure that the symptoms have been persistent for over two weeks persistent for two weeks period oh, yeah okay. before we can say it is depression mm. the illness and not depression the mood which yeah yeah about because before. you talked about the mm -hmm. mood and then um and then there should be no loss in the last six months because part of grieving is feeling depressed yeah. So if there's been no significant loss in your life and mm -hmm. then you've been having these symptoms for um, two weeks or more and then we say then you're having depressed depression. So when you take the questionnaire, there's a, there are cutoff scores for mild, moderate, severe and moderately severe and very severe. Mm -hmm. And then depending on where you are on the spectrum, we initiate some kind of treatment protocol. My goodness. This is a whole masterclass. <laughs> like I'm just staring at you like, oh, okay. And then you talked about, because now you talked about the very three, mm -hmm. depression, anxiety, and substance abuse. Mm -hmm. How does someone get to a place of, do, do they now say, I am anxious? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the same thing with depression, which is what Still, complicates uh, mental health problems for many people mm. is because we all have these symptoms at any one given time. <laughs> yeah, we all yeah, have yeah. anxiety at some point. You're going for an exam. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. you have a, a, an appointment. You're coming to meet Tina. You're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, will this work? So there's a brief moment in which you'll have, you know, your butterflies and your, you know, your turning stomach and, yeah. and, 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 you know, some apprehension. But then it goes away. Yeah. And this is why when people are talking to people with mental health problems and if you've never experienced one you can't understand why they're not getting on with it because you get on with it all the time you feel sad then you get on with it you'll play your music or you'll go out meet your friends and you'll get on with it yeah. so anxiety is exactly the same thing it's also a spectrum um you can have it as a mood anxious and you can have it as a disorder, disorder. yeah um and like depression it also has a specific test and it's got its own symptoms that we look out for um and um unlike depression anxiety also has different forms and now and we talk about it now a bit more often because of covid uh and the pandemic that lockdown actually exposed people to a lot more anxiety i think than we've ever felt before yeah. as a world you know mm. um loss of jobs not knowing where your income is coming from being isolated um and some people unfortunately locked down hit before they could even travel home yeah so they were yeah. by themselves yeah. in yeah. their yeah. house yeah. you know and so big people are now beginning to feel like your world your, the walls are closing in so we had more reports of people having panic attacks than before people having you know people feeling like you know the walls are closing in on them yeah they don't know what they're going to do what is my life going to look like there's not that much information coming through so people now begin to feel feelings of anxiety which if without covid we might not have never we might have never known is as serious a disorder as yeah. has happened now then for substance use we normally say substance use not substance abuse substance use is really about people who oh so it's better for someone to call it substance use that is the politically correct way not of naming abuse. that not abuse yeah okay. substance use disorder um so the substances of course we're talking about are alcohol drugs tobacco um that kind of stuff yeah. and and it becomes a disorder when it stops you from functioning that is you can't live without you it. you can't live without it you can't deny yourself you go out of your way to have to consume the substance and it is creating a downward trend in your life yeah then it becomes a disorder yeah otherwise people 
I mean, today, 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 today is a public Friday. holiday. There are some people who are seated somewhere enjoying their, you know, their waiting one -on -one for the Friday videos. party. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, but they would not say that they are necessarily having the disorder because mm -hmm. they're just enjoying their drink or whatever it is that they fancy. But then it becomes a problem when you're now addicted to it. Yeah. Then it becomes a disorder. Yeah. So those are the most three, the most common mental disorders or the most prevalent of the mental disorders are depression, anxiety, and substance use. The ones that are really recognized in the African setting, I'd say. I think the world over now. World over. Yeah. They're the just, main. They're the main ones. Yeah. 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 Now, when you talk, when I look at you as someone who has been in the space, in this space of practice for over two decades, right? Mm. Or is it just two decades? It's over two decades. Just over two decades, yeah. <laughs> Are there trends that you have seen shifting? Let me say, maybe in this year, there was something, there was more depression, and then in this year, there is more of this. When you look at the millennials, what do you think affects us the most? That's actually a very interesting question. I think... Depression has always been there. Um, yeah. I think substance use has always been there. And yeah. substance use actually peaked after the World War Two, even the World War One, uh, especially for the countries where who were thick in the war. So in Europe, yeah. they, they literally saw that at the end of World War Two, the two years that followed up after that, they had more PTSD, more yeah. Um, yeah. Um, alcohol and substance abuse problems, and definitely more depression. Yeah. Um, and then I think things, but things almost like normalized in some way. And then, you know, other countries ended up going through their own problems. And those problems also then trigger or exacerbate um, um, the, the, the prevalence of the mental disorders. It's... <laughs> They've always been there. I think what's happening now is that we've got more or greater awareness than before. Yeah. So I remember when I was doing my psychology, you've said two decades back and people are asking me, what am I going to do for a living? How I'm going to earn income? Because <laughs> I mean, people, it's like, this is a Muzungu concept, you know? Right, <laughs> yeah. right, yeah, right. Us right. Africans are resilient. Nobody falls ah. mentally ill. What are you, why are you studying this thing? Yeah. yeah. And in my mind, I was like, well, I hope I'll get a job. <laughs> Were you still looking for a job at that time or did you feel well, like was, you could actually write your thing? No, no, no. I, I mean, I was blessed enough to get a job immediately out of uni. Yeah. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it just kind of worked out for me. Um, I think there's a lot more awareness now and there's a lot more discussions going on about mental health yes. that is now making people more open to discussing it and mm -hmm. even kind of like... Um, toying with the possibility that you could be having a problem yeah, and that yeah, needs support. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. maybe that's what I would like to say. In terms of millennials, I think the better way to think about it is this is probably the first time on earth that we have this many young people alive. And be yes, it is the first time oh, yeah. on earth we've got this many young people alive. <laughs> okay. And that causes its own problems because mm. one, the resources have not extended to that same level. Yeah. Um, and the number of people who can provide support are not as many to these young people. Um, the expectations on what should be what they should be and how they should be in a changing world mm -hmm. that is so interconnected now than it was um, 10 years ago yeah um, and the influence of pop culture and all of that mixed together just kind of makes life so much different for millennials than it did for us guys at that age yeah and in many ways we cannot really authoritatively say we know how to help because we've never been through it before we are all just theorizing. Yeah. Um, and in this case, the millennials are probably going to be the ones to come up with the solutions that are going to best help them and maybe their younger siblings um, who are growing up in this new era. Because we didn't have that. Yeah, yeah. we didn't have ones. that. Yeah. And, 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 and it makes sense that there is a disconnect because they, there is no point of departure for us to fully understand and grasp what the millennial struggles with because we've not been that person. Yeah. Yeah. We grew Boy. up, when I grew up as a child, we had that one phone in the sitting room, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, and, yeah. and dare your friend call you on it, you know? It was reserved for the parents. You know, no, no, other people didn't use it, but it was there. Now my kids all have access to their, okay, apart from the 10-year-old, but the, the others all have phones. And you're like, okay. It's and you just, don't know what's a, going on there. Well, you, you have to trust. You have to trust that you have 
parented well enough for them to do the right thing. Yeah. We now have 24-hour entertainment. When I was a child, TV came on at 5.30. We also sort of experienced a bit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But by the time you are now beginning to make decisions about your life and what you want to be, that whole system had changed. Exactly. So... And and we didn't have that much influence on uh, pop culture wasn't that didn't influence our lives that much. It was like that thing that's happening in the US. Yeah. If you're lucky to get a relative who brought you something. I remember when I got my first Michael Jackson watch. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> the whole school was so jealous. Anyway, you know. Yeah, but you now, were the topic of the Yeah, school. but now you just have to walk downtown and you know, every cartoon is on every bed sheet, every yeah, t shirt, every yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So that whole stuff is now influencing even just how our children think about themselves and how they treat their siblings. Their value. Their value system and and also just being in a situation where you're now recognizing that as a parent you're not calling a hundred percent of the shots anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to figure out what to do with that. You've talked about parenting. I feel like our parents no longer have so much time for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, as you spoke about it in the millennial setting. At some point when I was sitting alone, I was like, I feel like the problem could be stemming from a disconnect with us and our parents because now our parents are more about chasing money. And for the kid, you have to bring results from school. Mm-hmm. There is no moment whereby, as a child, okay, some parents try to balance it all out. I expect you to bring the results, and then they check in with your emotional well being. So I feel like we are really chasing money mm-hmm. to a point that if a kid comes up to us and they say, I'm not okay, like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. I give you everything. Mm-hmm. That kind of setting, can you help us, you know, break down to how it might affect a child? Hmm, interesting. Actually, we, <laughs> in psychology, we always have this, it's, it's a saying and part of it could be true and science has to really find a way to confirm that. But we know that one of the, the single most important um, person to the child is the parent or the person who takes on their nurturing role. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm using that because of, um, there are children who are growing up in homes that are not their parents. There yeah. are some, some who are growing up in um, children homes or whatever. Yeah. And they have what they call a primary caregiver or a primary nurturer. And that relationship, especially in the first 12 years of a child's life, is so important. First 12 years. First 12 years of a child's life because it shapes your worldview. Um, so... Like we've said, this is the first time when both parents are out of the home yeah. working. This is the first time when um, you can be stuck in traffic for five hours to, before you get home. This is the first time, you know, um, where... And I think even for Uganda, it's a bit more complex because us guys who are parents now, us guys who are in our 40s, are the same people who are orphaned as children as because of the HIV scourge when we were kids so yeah. many of us also grew up without having seen a functional home yeah we grew up in many dysfunctional homes or dysfunctional settings yeah um and and i remember just even just my friends you know c- going on holiday and coming back and you know they've lost a parent or two and they have, they've been distributed amongst relatives and sometimes you're not wanted you know and it's hard so now that's the person who's the parent today yeah and yeah, and yeah, and, yeah, and because yeah. they didn't have a good a, a, a stable home that they grew in they are just getting by doing the best thing they know how to do and i do not blame them because it's you, everybody's just trying to get by survive and survive and remember during those days there were no mental health programs mm-hmm. uh, somebody died you mourned you moved on you know what i mean um, do you even move on you, sometimes I mean, you you're forced to move on yeah because it's not like nobody no, people are not about to entertain yeah because everybody's going through the hustle yeah and then bringing like uh bringing just this whole culture of acquire acquire amass amass you know everybody has to have all of these things i have to have my block of flats i have to have my my two cars i have to yeah. have my home and my farm and and my, you know, and everybody's just into this amass, amass. And so you find yourself that your priority is no longer, as long as the kids are doing well in school, that's all that matters. Um, so, yes, people are struggling. Young children are struggling. Parents are struggling. Um, 
you know life has become so much more expensive stress yeah. there's just so much stress and and it's really hard when um those of us who are adults do not know how to communicate how we are feeling because we do not teach our children how to do that yeah we do not know how to express um the fact that things are going wrong we we and it's very easy just to sweep things under the carpet because no one's really giving it's time the yeah it's the culture no one's yeah. giving time even if you're sitting down with your girlfriends for a drink and as soon as you start opening up people are like ah you're messing up the party Ouch. you know pull up your socks ah. don't worry about it you know oh. get over it and you know yeah. um and so people just you just can you say you store everything and then yeah, you before do. you know it's someone Suppress. someone just yeah you become a pressure cooker <laughs> right. Oh, I had never thought about that comparison. And then, of course, who bears the brunt? Is the people who are around you who are weak. So it will yeah. be your kids, it will be the house girl, it will be your coworker, it could or be even your partner. Your partner. It could be, um, you know, just a person who is who you can deflect on. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So depression, as should I, am I allowed to say, as the main? Mm -hmm. As one of the yeah. As one of the main disorders that we have talked about, mm -hmm. what are the coping mechanisms that you would advise someone to take on? The first one I would say is get professional help. Yeah. Um, I think one of the saddest things that I've seen in uh, um, as a professional is how many people we do say get professional help and then they go and do the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. They would rather go to an auntie, a judge, a, a, priest. a priest, a pastor who's not necessarily trained in counseling. And then that's the person who you go talk to. So I'll say if your tooth is paining, yes, go and get your prayers, but please go see a dentist. <laughs> As in, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> if you've broken a leg, uh, yeah, go say your prayers, go talk to your auntie, but find a doctor to fix it. Yeah. And yeah. we are still at that stage where people don't understand that there is an exact science to the way we think and the way we feel. It is actually an exact science mm -hmm. and there are people who have been trained to understand it the kind of science that, ki that kind of science and ha can, can help you thrive so why would you not want to get the best possible help for this one thing that's struggling yeah so people really seek professional help there's a person who has studied this who's passionate about this who wants to help you get better Right. So the same way you'd go see a doctor, the same way if your child is struggling in math, you go look for a math tutor. Mm -hmm, the same mm -hmm, way if, mm -hmm, if, you, if, yeah. you, if you notice that a, one of your kids has a talent playing football, you don't just throw them in a field somewhere. You know, you <laughs> enroll them into a yeah. club. Same thing. I mean, if you're struggling with your mental health, seek professional help. help. That's the first thing I would say. Yeah. Then the second thing I would say is that it's okay. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to struggle. So it's just like we tell people, it's okay if you have high blood pressure, it's not the end of the world. If you have yeah. uh, a physical illness, it is not the end of the world. You know, um, it is okay. Now, how do we sort? How do we help you? Mm -hmm. How do we help you get through it? Is there going to be a cure? If not, how do we help you live with what you have? Yeah. And that's the same thing with mental health problems. Is that it's okay not to be okay, and and um, there is support, and there is help. Mm. Um, the third thing is that just, and this is normally the hardest. Um, can I say for people who are going through the struggles because all mental health problems isolate individuals, whether it's substance use, whether it's depression, whether yeah, it's schizophrenia, yeah, yeah, bipolar, yeah. you end up getting um, isolated. And so the people who are around you are the ones who you are dependent on to make the right decisions about your care. Yeah. And so the third thing I think I would say is for those of you who are observing a friend or a relative going through a hard time, yeah. Be empathetic and get them help. Be empathetic. Yeah, because on their own, they will not do it. And empathy is not you throwing scriptures, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, throw them. No. There's nothing wrong with throwing no, it, but like throwing it is a liar. Like, you know, you tell someone I'm struggling with this, like, that's the devil. Like, <laughs> and now you just feel like you're not even loved by God. It's, it gets worse. <laughs> I know. I, was, I, I had a client, a young man who had uh, temporal lobe epilepsy. Okay. Temporal lobe epilepsy is an, it's a, the seizures start off with hallucinations. Yeah. yeah? And, and then the actual seizure comes. So you'll see things, smell things, something weird, and then the actual seizure will hit. Okay. And this young man had been told how much 
you know, this was just a demon that was disturbing him. <laughs> yeah. And um, it was really difficult for him, that the, this young man. And of course, being a young man, he had all sorts of, you know, young men problems. Huh? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, your, yeah, yeah. Your, 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 your sexuality is coming through. Basically, you're watching porn. You're... So this poor guy was constantly repenting before God and the seizures were not going. Oh, dear. And you can imagine now it becomes, like he just said, God worse. doesn't love me. I mean, yeah. why am I struggling? And then, of course, depression set in. So we had to have some tough conversations about him having to define for himself who he was and accepting that um okay. you know you could have a you, you could have an illness but it's not the end of the world and getting him to understand that he has to take his medication yeah. which he did and right now he's thriving as an adult yeah I'm absolutely proud of him you've made a point that is very important for him to define who he is mm -hmm. so i feel like you should have mentioned as well that people need to get into the practice of exploring self-awareness mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. help them define their situations mm -hmm. or what they're experiencing mm -hmm. so when you talk about this professional space finding help we have you working with strong minds yes Uganda. i work with strong minds um, <laughs> strong minds is an amazing um non-governmental organization started yeah. by a gentleman called sean maybury and uh we are about eight years old um and we've been able to treat uh, just over 80,000 people with depression over the last eight years. That is 10,000 per year. Roughly 10,000 per year, approximately, but started small with 500 and then the numbers grown exponentially. And our Even target, for the start, that's huge. Yeah, our target for this year is 30,000 30, clients. Um, yeah, so we use group therapy to, yeah. to treat depression. Yeah. Um, and um, there's a lot of, um, what can you say? There's a lot of uh, good that comes out of um, a healing journey with people. Mm. Yeah. And we target mainly women, but we also treat men. Yeah. And um, you can do the group therapy in person. In person, meaning that if you're in an area where we have a team that has been uh, deployed. Assign, okay. Yeah, because we are not, unfortunately, we do not have enough funds to cover the whole country. So we work district by district, depending. So if you're in an area where, um, like Mbarara, Kampala, um, Wakiso, Iganga, Mukono, um, Mayuge, Mbale, we have teams deployed in those districts. So yeah. you could be able to join an in-person group mm. and then you'd run therapy sessions. You run eight therapy sessions over a series of eight weeks and get treatment. So the other option is that you join a teletherapy group mm -hmm. um, and that is done on phone. Yeah. And you'll be connected to another group, a group of uh, four people, another four people who have depression as well. Oh, yeah. And then you'd meet over a series of eight weeks on the phone, one hour, one hour a day, one hour a week, sorry, one hour a week for eight weeks. Yeah. Um, and so you and so for the for either or you can sign up on we have a we partner with Treadlands who run the 252 USSD code. So if you do 252, start 252 hash, yeah. and you pick option 10. Option 10 is counseling. So we, you end up in our database. And we will straight call you back. Straight to strong minds. Straight to then. strong minds, yeah. And we'll call you back in 48 hours. If it's Monday to Thursday, if you register on a Thursday, we'll get back to you on Monday. So it takes about 72 hours for Thursday, but yeah. 48 hours for the rest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we encourage people to just sign up. Um, last year, we were able to treat about 8,000 people through this 252 number. Eight thousand. Yeah, that is the year of the lockdown. The year of the lockdown. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it comes at no cost to you because the cost of making the phone call is on us, um, and we'll make sure that and the two five two code. The two five two code is, is on us. Free? It's free for MTN and AfriCell, but Airtel users have to pay one hundred and sixty shillings. Yeah, yeah. It's quite cheap for you to find therapy, man. You it is, and then the service is free after that. So. All the eight stations. All the eight stations are free after that. Yo. Yeah. We're talking about the group sessions, mm -hmm. the in-person sessions. How does someone get to be a part of it? Um, I think you can also just use the same 252. Mm -hmm. And then when you, the first person, the contact you talk to, you could ask whether there is a group meeting that's near you. Uh, so that's you have the, to talk about where you best. are. Yes, exactly. And then they get to... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the the teletherapy sessions have actually been very popular because people like the anonymity that comes with it because you don't have to give us your real name, you just oh. have to give us a name and oh. you're on this phone with five other people who you've never met. So we've actually found that people open up faster 
or teletherapy than the in-person one and uh but also there have been some amazing rewards that people find look for themselves after that like you guys let's find ourselves and have coffee because we've enjoyed meeting on the phone so much we want to see what how is it like. done on the phone though because now i imagine when you talk about a group now this social media world i'm imagining a whatsapp group <laughs> well we actually use a teleconferencing function i wouldn't understand uh, so if you go to your phone you can call a person and then add another person and create a teleconference yeah 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 yeah, yeah so that's what we're using the right conference now. kinds of calls mm -hmm, mm -hmm. those things still like is there a special machine for that well, no, I don't any think... smartphone can do it See, back then we used to have conference calls when you're in school, those small phones. You'd call and then add another person, you have a conversation. So I thought that had faded. Your I think, I think social it. media killed conference calls. Because <laughs> so easy. I need to try it now. Yeah. I need to see if this thing still exists. Yeah. Okay, quite interesting. And uh, all of it is two five code two five two. Star two five two hash. Then you go to option 10. Option 10, yeah. counseling, and counseling. go straight to strong minds, database. Yeah. You talk about the women being the focus, the main focus, much as you talk, you treat the men as, or help the men. Mm. Is there a particular, what are the things that are affecting the women mostly that are leading, the, what are the things that you've had most? What are the prevalent things that you've had affecting the women? Um, most women's depression comes from relationship issues um yeah and the 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 approach that we use the interpersonal therapy um focuses on four main triggers of depression the first one being unresolved grief the second one being um disputes and resolved disputes and conflicts the third yeah. one being the role transition or the life changes and the fourth one being isolation or loneliness mm. so for unresolved grief um you know, if, if, if you've gone through a situation where you've just had, you know, repeated deaths in your family and, yeah. you, and, and we know with every death means are more responsibilities coming your way. Yeah. Yeah. So some people um, struggle. Um, we are all built with we all have an inbuilt mechanism to get over grief. Yeah. Yeah. And though many people do not think or feel it when the grief has just happened mm. or the loss has just happened, but we Denial. have an inbuilt we have an inbuilt mechanism to deal with grief. But some people struggle. Um so they end up depressed. Yeah. And then of course ongoing conflicts are a huge uh trigger for depression. Um, especially when people are at an impasse or when you feel like this relationship is not going to work. So whether it's a significant other as a spouse or a partner, whether it's a parent, whether it's a child, even a workmate yeah. will cause problems. And then um, the role transition, you know, finding out that you're pregnant when you aren't planning to, leaving home when you're not expecting to do that. We've talked about grief and, uh, and, and, and uh, role transition are very closely related because yeah. of the extra, extra um, responsibilities that people have to carry on when they lose the loved one yeah so that has to happen and then there are some people who also struggle to make meaningful relationships so that's where we come through with um, um isolation and loneliness yeah and those who struggle normally also end up having depression so those are the four main triggers according to iptg of course there are other things what is iptg that's the interpersonal therapy okay the, the main ones yeah yeah um so why do we focus on women as strong minds it's because both men, the prevalence for depression in men and women is almost the same. Okay. Yeah. If you did a study right now, you'd, it would be like 50 something, 40 something, it's, which is almost Closely the same. Related. However, depression affects women disproportionately more than men. So it's not so much whether the person has, the men or the women have depression, it's how it is impacting on the person's life. And because of the women's caring and nurturing role, yeah. when they're depressed, it has a knock-on effect on the next generation, which actually for a male depression, it doesn't do that. So, for example, if your mom is depressed, your house comes to a standstill completely. Uh, food, uh, hygiene, yeah, childcare, yeah, everything yeah, comes yeah, to a standstill. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. your dad is depressed, your mom can shield you and you won't even know. And there are some people who say, actually, coming to think about it, I think my dad had a problem. But yeah. your mom did such an amazing job shielding you from it that it didn't affect you directly. So when we focus on women, we understand that when we treat women, we are also making sure that the second generation doesn't get affected. But when we, so that's why we pick, um, especially because we also don't have that much resources. Mm -hmm. So we pick, we, we say we focus on women. 
that said if you're a man and you're struggling please sign up because we will not send you away yeah, uh, yeah we went yeah. into for example when we went into working karamoja and in lamo in the refugee settlement the men and the women it's almost 50 percent each both mm. ways and they've told us you're treating us first and they identified as soon as we said this, this this is an illness they were like oh my goodness all this time i've been struggling i didn't know that this was a problem that could be solved and they lined up first karamoja. and they made sure that they got treated yes and some of their sessions would take place at six in the morning. Then they would go look for food. I mean, that's just how committed they were. So wow. if you're a man and you're listening to me right now and you're struggling, please sign up on 252, hush, and choose option 10, and we'll get back to you in 48 hours. Thank you so much for you're this inform free information. Free information. Thank you so much for having accepted our invite to be on hashtag Minagbuzichiwanuka to take us through this mental health awareness in this mental health mental health awareness, awareness month. month. <laughs> the words are so many. Yeah. Yeah. What right. would is there something specific that you would want to leave with the listeners apart from the maybe you can also add it as a last word. Yeah, I mean on mental health. What I'll just say is that guard your mental health, protect it, nurture it and if you need help, seek professional advice. Yeah seek professional help i think i'll stress that one the most and we are now living in an era where at least help is available to yeah mean, yeah start to yeah. five two start harsh. to five two if we can't help you we'll make sure we find someone who can well thank you so much you're welcome <laughs> my takeaway lesson from this episode is the whole episode this was me attending a free mental health masterclass held by a two decade psychologist and I can assure you that I couldn't sit back and pick something to, to really center on I wanted everything I want everything and I'm, I'll be sure to keep coming back to the episodes to grasp all there is I think I don't know how many times I have to listen to the episode but I'll keep coming back thank you for tuning in into another episode of hashtag winabuguzichuanka if you loved what you heard, make sure you subscribe to Hashtag Winabuguzi in your podcast platform of choice and share it with your friends. Let them know that this is where we unravel and talk about everything that society is silent about. Feel free to also share your insights about what connected with you most on social media and be sure to tag us. We are at Hashtag Winabuguzi on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter our handle is at HTNK podcast HTNK is all caps lock and podcast is in small case but it's all one word at HTNK podcast we also have an email you can reach us via HTNK podcast at gmail.com for the email HTNK podcast is all in small case your reviews are welcome and I really look forward to hearing from you Catch you in the next episode. And remember, your mental health is as important as your physical health. I remain yours truly. Naoguzichiwanuka. Ciao. Bye-bye. See you at the close of the month. Yeah. Even you need to wait for that. You need to wait for that episode. You need to wait for it. So that we close the month officially. Bye.